go. Welcome back, my friends, to the flicks of the week that never end. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. I am Joseph Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. Yeah. And this week, we'll be talking about Jessica Jones Season 2. Cool. You're goddamn right it is. And um, the independent film that was asked of us to watch and review called Dark Forest. All right. From Zellico Productions. Okay. All that and more. Is there more? Maybe. <laughs> Take it away. Jessica. <laughs> or Jonesy. You could say Jonesy. Take it away, Jerry. <laughs> All right. So, um, season two. It's on Netflix. Should we do it? Uh, we don't need to really do a synopsis for Jessica Jones season two, do we? Should we play the trailer? Uh, it's up to you, man. Either way, I'm kosher. Just as long as it's not one of those five-minute trailers. Okay. Legion episode one was on last night, yes, season two. I watched it today. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. That, that, God damn, that show is very artistic. William laughed his ass off when... Uh, Sorry. I like it really loud. Third glass tonight. Put it on my tab. Drinking to remember or forget? Giving a shit won't get you a better tip. I was feeling sad. Can't help looking back. My whole family was killed in a car accident. Someone did horrific experiments on me. And now this super vigilante shit keeps coming at me. Do you look after America? I want to absorb Ailey's investigations. You don't want me, you just want to eliminate the competition. I never take no for an answer. How rapey of you. Something happened behind these doors. I have 17 years of questions, and they are deep. Just knowing what was done to you might help you. We were made here. Me and something else. The only way to find it is to open the door wider. You were brought back from the dead. The powers were a side effect. How many others are there, like me? Let it go. There is a killer you cannot control. I didn't ask for any of this. Jessica might not want a sidekick, but she needs one. You're not super. You're ticking time bomb. Keep telling me who I am. How dare you? What if facing it makes me worse? What are you gonna do? I don't know. Depends on if I can get through this night without losing my shit. It takes a monster to stop a monster. What did they do to us? sucks the most about having David Tennant's Kilgrave show up this season for an episode where he's, you know, of course, a, a figment of her imagination, is that it makes you realize how lacking season two is when it comes to a villain and how badly this show needs David Tennant's Kilgrave to come back or he shouldn't have left or whatever. I don't give a fuck what happened in the comic. I'm just saying show entertainment-wise... This show needs him big time because without him, he left a big gaping hole, that character and that actor. Uh, I know you haven't finished it. How, how many episodes in are you? Uh, like one or two. Not, okay. not much. Um, you know, th- uh, there's another thing, too, that I noticed that this, um, this season showed me was that some things are strong, some things are weak, some things are getting weaker, um, some things are, are just staying the same, and some things are getting better. Uh, what I noticed was getting better was the whole Carrie Ann Moss, Jerry Hogarth character. She was probably, in my opinion, she was the best thing about this season because her whole her whole subplot with her having, uh, you know, do you care about any mentions or anything that I say because about this because I don't want you know I don't want to spoil it too much for you. No, go ahead. Don't worry about it. All right. Well, I don't remember when they they tell her, but I think it, near the beginning she has cancer, some kind of cancer. 
Um, she had that in uh, Dare in not Daredevil in Defenders. She, she was okay. dealing with that. See, so. I can't remember Defenders. It was fucking boring. But um, and this shows that this season of Jessica Jones is much better in my opinion. But um, it's uh, Jerry. Yeah, the whole Jerry Hogarth thing with her having cancer and having to deal with it, and then there's that there's this witness to um the the main events of the season that ends up having to stay with Jerry to be in hiding. And the relationship that forms between her and between the two, and Jerry having to face her humanity because of the fact that she's dying, and then her, you know, like getting to her weakest point, and then learning, and then something happens, and then she has to grow, you know, get back to the hard ass that she's always been, and you know, to survive, you know, and uh, that whole thing. You could just give me a Jerry Hogarth spinoff of her just dealing with supers and stuff like that. Right. And her own personal shit, that would be a good show. If they keep the writers on and you keep Carrie Ann Moss, Carrie Ann Moss there, you, you fucking, it, that, that's the best thing about this season. So, um, you know, it, what bugs me about this season is that, besides what I already just told you, is I don't, there's characters that go in these directions that I, at first it might seem like interesting, but then once it's there, it's not, I don't really give a shit. It didn't really hit like I hoped it would. Like, like say the Malcolm character, you know, uh, J- Jessica Jones's assistant, the the buddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he his character ends up hooking up with Trish, you know, her sister. And at first, it seems like it fits, you know, the way they hook up. And you're like, oh, you know, interesting, right? And then all of a sudden, it, it, but after like two episodes, it's, it's fucking boring again. It, it it just it didn't. I mean, I don't know. It it seems like this show like starts strong and then it fucking starts to fizzle. Now with the season, there are there's it's there's like a roller coaster. You know, it it goes to like defenders and and iron fist type territory and boredom, but then it goes it gets back up and it gets kind of close to season one of Jessica Jones style of, of how good it was. But it never, in my opinion, it never reaches that point. It, and I don't think there's anything besides the Jerry Hogarth stuff that it, it, um, that hits as good as anything from season one, um, except for you know the episode where Kilgrave's in. <laughs> but um, uh, what else? I, God, oh, there's this whole fucking oh god, tr- just amazingly predictable uh, subplot with uh, with the uh, the superintendent of the of the building that Jessica Jones is living in. And he's this uh, single father, um, you know. The mom is a the mom is a, 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 a is this evil bitch, you know. Like, like she's like you know the vindictive kind, right? Where we, we we our marriage didn't work out, so now I'm going to be as evil to you as possible, kind of you know woman. And so he's got to deal with that shit, and he's also got to deal with Jessica Jones, and you know, and there's this this forced hatred he has of her because she's a super. And then, I mean, you know from a million miles away where it's going to go. You fucking know it. It's a misunderstanding between the two, and then they end up hooking up, and and then we go from there, right? Fake misunderstandings. Yeah. Awesome. Right. And then, so, and then the major, the the, the main plot of this season is um, someone is killing um, people involved with the experiment that created Jessica Jones. And... You find out, um, you know that. God, I don't want to fucking. I hate spoiling shit. Just spoil it. Who cares? So the one that's killing everybody is her mother, and her mother has was also um, the experiment was done on her because there was a car accident when she was a kid, and when Jessica Jones was a kid, and it killed. Um, well, it just her mom got turned into the same thing, just more extreme. Like everything about her is Jessica Jones, but just way more extreme. Like she gets way angrier. She can't control it. She goes into these these homicidal fits where she just starts fucking everything up and killing anyone who gets in her way. Right. And so her mom is, you know, working with the scientist that she's also, you know, in a relationship with, and he's the one that turned her and Jessica Jones. And, um, you know, he's got his own self justifications for his experimentations and all this shit, you know, and, and so you're dealing with that on the show. And then Jessica Jones is dealing with the fact that she finds out it's her mom. Cause it's like the first half of the season, um, she's just following this killer. And then all of a sudden, when she finds out that her mom, she's now she's at this moral dilemma where, oh my God, this is my mom. But you know Jessica Jones's character. She's emotionally closed off with her wall and, and her and her whiskey, right? Right. So she tries to make a little bit of room for her mom so that they can build a relationship. But her mom keeps fucking killing people because she can't control herself. And so she's trying to hide her mom. Then she's trying to bond with her mom. And, and it, it, I don't, it, it 
for me, it didn't work. I didn't give a shit about. It. I didn't care about her mom. Every time I saw her mom and how judgmental she was about everyone else and how angry she kept getting, I just kept waiting. I just kept wanting someone to fucking kill her already. Please, just fucking kill her. Please don't have her last to the end of the season, which she does. She lasts all the way to the end of the fucking season. But um, there are good moments with her. There's a scene near the beginning of the season. I think you saw it. You might have already seen it because it, it might have been the first two episodes where she's sitting at a piano in this house that she's hiding in. And she's like using, she's, the mother is. She's playing the piano um, to calm herself down. And all of a sudden, the neighbor with her baby walk um, hears them, hears her playing, practicing on the piano, and she comes over and says, "Oh, hi, how you doing? Um, blah blah blah. You know, thought maybe we could hang out sometime or something, right? My baby uh, is, you know, she, my baby heard your piano music and, you know, calmed me down and all this stuff. And she goes, "Can we come inside and just listen for a few minutes?" And you know, she's hesitant, but she lets them in. <laughs> And then the baby, well, so while she's trying to play the piano, the baby keeps doing a little, you know, and, and all of a sudden she's like, she starts to fucking, you know, like twitch and shit, and she's getting more and more irritated. And then all of a sudden you can see that she's going to lose her shit, so the fucking neighbor practically runs out with her baby, and she just destroys this, this huge piano with her bare hands. And it, it's really cool how they did it. It just, it looked like she really did it. It didn't look like CG or anything, just fucking just destroys this thing um that was a good scene and there's good a few other good things that happened but overall i when when the whole season was done and and you know that trish is getting these superpowers which happens in the comic book i i you know i i I did a little research but i still don't give a shit i feel like almost like i'm watching a mixture between defenders and iron man or iron fist and and cw um superhero shows you know kind of i mean this show's still better but than, than what the CW has to offer now. But um, I, I still, I, I, I don't know if the bar was raised too high with these first seasons, um, you know, of, of Daredevil and, and Jessica Jones. But uh, I don't know. It started high and then everything's just going downhill. Everything, the whole the whole setup. I don't, I, I don't even have any faith in, in Daredevil season three when it comes out. Hopefully it's fucking good. I don't even remember season two that much. So... I don't know. I, maybe it's just this overload of superhero shit, or, or season two introduced Punisher. And I, yeah, and then Punisher wasn't bad, but it just—I don't know. I guess you know what? Let me scratch that because it isn't the superhero overload. It, it isn't because it, when if you find good shows with good writing, it, there's still plenty of story to tell. Legion, they, Legion. Uh, yeah, that's just popped in my head. Was this first episode of, of season two? Holy shit! It's fucking. There's still Noah Hawley, man. That guy knows how to write some shit, and and just the artistic style alone. You know, <laughs> it, it, love it. It's a good goddamn show. It keeps the whole time. I'm just I'm glued to to the screen when I'm watching it. So even though I just kind of you know went into Legion, but still, um, yeah. I I just when it comes to Jessica Jones, man. I, I look. I'm 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 committed to staying with it for now, but. Something's got to change. I, I don't know what it is, but it, you just got to make these characters a little more interesting or something. Because I'm kind of getting tired of the whole Jessica Jones sulking thing and her just drinking whiskey and then getting into another relationship. It, it, it see, two seasons in, it's already feeling really fucking old. Like I'm watching, uh, like I'm watching uh, William H Macy's character in Shameless, <laughs> Frank. You know, it's just the same shit with him every episode. I don't care what anybody says about how good that show is. It's a it, you see the character not change at all and just stay exactly the same. Sometimes that that it doesn't work. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. And with Jessica Jones, it does not fucking work. We need a little more from her. So hmm. that's what I got. All right. Um, my review is uh, the independent film called Dark Forest. Um, how long is it? Long enough. I don't know how long it is. <laughs> does it matter? Well, you know, it's the first time ever anything that we've ever reviewed that you've asked how fucking long it is. I I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a little more interested in this one. I don't know. Um, now I gotta look it up. Thanks, Dick. (laughs) It's not that important. I, you know, I mean, talking talk about the movie itself is more important than you just giving me a little uh little specification. There we go. Um, hour and (laughs) fifteen. Sorry, I've got a uh, sinus infection going on, and it's really bugging me, so I'm a little terse. Um, it was written by Roger Boyer. It was directed by Roger Boyer. It was also uh, co-written by David Zealous, 
Um, production company is Zelico. They they spelled it differently um, in the movies. It's a Z-E-L-L-I-K-O-J. And then if you look at the um, actual um, production information, like when they send you information and stuff like that, yeah. it's from Zelico Productions. It's, K- it's Z-E-L-L-I-C-O. So I think they just renamed it Co. for easier. Like Co for company? No, for easier pronunciation. Okay. Um, a weekend camping trip turns into a fight for survival. That's from the IMDb, and we are going to watch the trailer. We're going to listen to the trailer. We're going to watch it. You're going to listen to it. Yeah, so suck it. (laughs) Hello, boys. Come with me on a little adventure. Ladies, ready for the weekend of your life? excited about this weekend's camping trip? Tonight, we will be exploring the dark forest. I can't go on the camping trip. Shut up. Don't tell her to shut up. I just want to go away with my friends. You gotta be careful out there. Do you think there's monsters in the woods? got lost in the woods as a kid. We're just going to scare them, right? Yes. They aren't always who you think they are, you know? How come I don't get any service out here? Hi. Did you hear that? Hello? Hey, who's out there? You're revealing your deep, dark secret? Thought you were in this with me. I'm here, ain't I? Now, is it called Black Forest because the killer turns them all into ham? No, it's Dark Forest, you dork. I said dark. Did I say Dark Forest? No, you said Black Forest. Oh. Fuck it. I ruined that whole goddamn yeah. thing. Stop punning the stuff. <laughs> Stop there's punning a, the stuff. There's there's a fucking time and place for everything, and you pun everything. Um, <sighs> the whole the, the part in the trailer where she goes, "You shut up, right? Don't tell her to shut up, right?" First thing that pops in my head is Homer arguing with himself, saying, "You shut up, no, you shut up." Ah, shit. God damn it! I didn't want to do that. What are you looking for? I was uh, IMDb. I needed the IMDb up for Dark Forest because of some things. Professional podcast. Okay. Uh, see, full cast and crew. This is what I need. Thank you. Do, 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 do. That's what I need. So, Dark Forest. Every time you build something up in your head, you're bound for disappointment. And this happened uh, to me with Dark Forest. So after watching the trailer for the movie, I really wanted this to be a well-done sort of parody, kind of, Mm. of 80s horror movie, um, the 80s horror movie genre. And what I mean by that is it would have been interesting to see a modern-day take on movies like Halloween or Friday the 13th, Prom Night, and Nightmare on Elm Street, just to name a few. I'm not saying that Dark Forest is a disappointment. I just built it up in my head so much before watching the movie that... I had certain expectations, and they they didn't happen, and that's on me. Um, The more I watch movies, I think that I'm becoming more of a lover of independent films. Yeah. And I'm really starting getting into uh, these micro-budget independent films that are coming out, like we saw with Ross Monroe's stuff, and we make movies movies and stuff like that, because... There's going to be some really interesting things that are going to start happening here in the next, well, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. And they should have already started happening. I don't understand. You know, using a green screen is not that difficult right now. And doing special effects and whatnot is really, really inexpensive. So um, I'm surprised that I haven't seen more of that going on. But, you know, we'll see what happens 
as uh, time goes on. These up-and-coming uh, filmmakers are the ones that are making all that came before them and putting, uh, are taking all that came before them and putting their unique twists and ideas into the films that um, make them seem more special. What I truly like about this is when filmmakers reach out to us and ask us to review their films, um, it really breaks up the monotony. And uh, week in and week out of reviewing Hollywood blockbuster-style films gets fucking boring. Oh, yeah, because you, you, when you watch new movies every single week, you see that <laughs> the trends are more apparent. Yeah. Um, Dark Force is one of those films that I really, really wanted to see. Um, after watching the trailer, I knew that the filmmakers, the Zelico guys, wanted, uh, had um, basically just touched the soft nougaty center of my 80s soul and pulled out what seemed to be a nice take on the campers hunted by a serial killer slasher film. And as I'm watching the movie, I'm, I'm going to sidestep a lot of the stuff that I have problems with. And a lot of the problems that I have, a lot of the issues that I have with the film stem from um, the acting. Because there's some stilted acting in there. Yeah. And it, when it comes to independent films, I step away from that stuff. You know, and, 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 and I, I do that on purpose because these are not professional actors. These are guys that have been hired. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they are professional actors, but what I'm saying is that they're not the Brad Pitts or the, you know... Those types, yeah, they're not they're not um, well formed. Uh-huh. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is I, at this I, I point. Know what you're saying, but it, it's not natural to them right now. Yeah, uh, for the most part, they're not thespians. Yes, and so the, that part I'm going to sidestep. But what I can't forgive is pacing mm-hmm. and 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 the writing. Um, the movie starts off with a with a dream. And it's this girl, her name is Emily. She's in the dream, and she sees she sees herself in one direction, and then she sees herself in another direction. You know, one going forward, one going back, you know, or the past, meeting the future type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then she wakes up. And then we, we meet Peter, who is her boyfriend. We don't really see him, but we kind of meet him, and his friends. And we also meet, we also meet four random campers. Which I know I didn't understand this. So when these four random campers are getting together and putting all their stuff in a car, they you know at some point in time during the movie, they're the subplot, which is useless. You don't need it. Um, connects with the main plot. Okay. So and then there's another subplot with two more um, stranded motorists. That it was completely unnecessary as well. Are those? Just, I mean, were they supposed to be pickoff scenes? Yeah, and they got they went along on too long or what? No, um, the uh, the the first set of campers is going camping in the same woods as as the main characters, and the second set is just there, and that's a pickoff scene. Um, I watched Dark Forest on Amazon Prime. Yeah, there was no problem getting it, no problem watching it. Um, I liked the style of it. It was very 80s. Um, what I really liked about it, though, was the music. The music was very John Carpenter. You okay. would have loved it. Okay. Um, very John Carpenter, very, very Friday the 13th, but more John Carpenter than anything else. Yeah. What I couldn't stand was Peter. Um, Who looks like Flea? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's written badly. Um, that's, that's part of the problem. And the guy that played him, played him good. Not, I mean, not like a good guy, but he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he was really good in his role. And the looks that he gave and everything about the way that he used Peter yeah. was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so you believed he, he really was a bad guy? No. No, I didn't. I told you it was written poorly. But the character was done well. That's what I mean. He sold the character. No, he didn't sell the character. He played it well. Playing it and selling it are two different things. He played the character well. The character is the character is fucking useless. Yeah, it's a useless character trope. I, you know what? I from the trailer, just the one scene where he punches the girl. It the way he punched her, he looked like he was doing it in this this over the top comical way. He was like, "I'm a bad guy." No, no, it, you know. but that was not done on purpose. Okay. Because that's the way that the character is. Well, what I'm talking about when it was poorly written is, okay, so there's there's three sets of of characters. 
There's the first set, which I already talked about, which yeah. is the, the, the random campers. We'll just call them that. The second set, which is the random motorists. And the third set, which is your main cast, which is Peter and his friends and his girlfriend and her friends. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the, the whole setup is the girlfriend, Emily, that's Peter's girlfriend, and her friends have decided to go camping. Yeah. On on some on some weekend it doesn't really matter. So that last weekend of summer, let's just call it that. And and literally, no, it was the last weekend of summer. No, it'll be their last. No, we're not even there yet. But I'm just <laughs> going to spoil it right away and say <laughs> that was the one trope that they didn't follow through with, which was really good. Um, you have uh, four girls, which is Michelle. She's kind of a she's kind of a tart, Larry. She's kind of a big girl. Not like fat, but just a big, like muscular type girl. Girthy? Yeah, but a, a, a muscular type girl. You have Francine, who's a, the cute, bubbly blonde. You have the Kristen Bell lookalike, whose name is Jolene. And you have Emily. And then, <clears throat> so they go to, so the, the friends go to pick up Emily. And, and Peter doesn't like it. He's, he's a control freak. But again, it's written, it's written poorly. Yeah. So, you know, what the fuck are you doing here and blah, blah, blah. So so the girls leave without their friend Emily. Emily goes back into the house, can't go camping with you. And at some point, because the, the character is supposed to be a controlling manipulator and she's afraid of him, but you don't feel attention. It just, it doesn't, there's nothing there. Yeah. You know, when, I mean, Peter is sitting there talking with it and his friends are talking and and he's just he's just sitting there kind of being a dick, you know? Yeah. And he's not a tough guy, he's just a dick, right? Yeah. And then so Emily makes this decision that she doesn't she she's going camping. So she leaves the house while he's sleeping and walks as and and she walks to her friend's house, which however however many minutes away it is, it doesn't really matter. She walks to her friend's house to meet up with them for the next morning. And then Peter finds out and instead of <coughs> instead of driving over there, because apparently they don't have a car, uh-huh. which doesn't make any sense, um, at least to me. They don't have a car. They don't have no transportation. But they're going camping. No. Peter doesn't have a car. has nothing to do with them going camping. Peter doesn't have a car. Okay. And so instead of calling another friend that has a car or using the friends that may have a car, because like, I have no idea how his friends get there. Did they just walk over? Do they live next door? What the fuck? You know, there's there's no real oh there's no character there's no real background character build up as well. Yeah. <clears throat> Other than like some some bad bad writing, mm-hmm. and that's what mostly kills this movie is the bad writing. Um, Would you go so far as to call it bad or just weak? Bad. It's bad. Okay. Um, Peter just decides to sit on his ass in his chair and brood. <laughs> okay. Until he decides that he's going to go and get his girlfriend back by killing all her friends. Now, he has to walk to where their campground is. Yeah. Which, again, nobody knows because nobody, because there's, there's nothing. Apparently, we have to figure it out that this is a normal campsite for them. But, like, it's, it's off the road, off the beaten path in some forest somewhere in Canada. Uh-huh. Just a random spot. Yeah, like she, they could be fucking anywhere. So where, wherever they are in Canada, they could be just anywhere in that fucking northern part of the wilderness. Yeah, it's not that big. Yeah, no. <laughs> and again, that's the writing coming through. Um, the direction, the filmmaking, the production, all good. Mm-hmm. It's very, very well done. Like I said, it's it's Friday the Thirteenth meets John Carpenter meets a couple of other movies. Um. And then, so so Peter decides that he's going to kill the girls, and he's talking to his friends, and one of them goes, I'm, I'm not going to do this. This is fucking bullshit. And he starts to walk away, and Peter just kills him. Just knocks his ass to the ground and stabs him to death, okay. right? And I'm like, there's two of those guys there. And the other guy has access to a fucking garage full of tools. Yeah. Go into the garage and get a fucking hammer and hit him in the head while he's stabbing your friend to death. Do, but s- do something, yes. It doesn't happen. All right, or so... Or pick up a fucking rock, or... Yeah, you know, anything. <laughs> you know, do something. Because now, okay, so the, the guy is just too fearful of Peter, and they go, 
to get the girls. And and again, this is this is bad writing, and and uh, you know it's it's shortcutting. That's what it is. They're shortcutting because again, there is no backstory. How the fuck did Peter get from his cat house to the campground when it's obvious that he doesn't have a car? Yeah. And how is it that he found the girls when there was no information given to neither the audience nor the players uh. of where they were camping? Well, uh, what about like the, the Jason teleporting thing? <sighs> There's no Jason teleporting thing. So Peter finds two random motorists whose car doesn't start. <laughs> so he, so the, the guy gets out. No, the, the girl's sitting there. She goes, why aren't we getting any cell phone reception? Which is actually a good trope. It's the new trope now. Yeah. <laughs> of why they can't call 911. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it's still to this day fucking true. So she's like, what was that noise? And she, you go out and check it out. Like, Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> go out and check it out. These are the days of equality. We get out together. We stay here. You go out and check it out, bitch. <laughs> so he gets out of the car. And then he comes back to the car, and as he's sitting there talking with her, it cuts away, and they're both getting into the car, which makes no sense because I'm, I'm watching the scene. I'm like, when the fuck did she get out of the car? Like, there's a continuity issue at that point with, with that whole scene. Uh-huh. And, like, that doesn't make any sense, but that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'm letting that one go. Mm-hmm. Maybe I missed something, you know? And she goes, well, so he tries it. He starts the car. He's like, let's get the fuck out of here. Starts the car. <clears throat> the car doesn't start. So he goes to open the hood and, and he gets his throat cut by Peter. Aww. How did Peter know what the fuck? Like he just randomly showed up Jason style. Yeah. And mean, er, killed er, this dude. Er, like Michael Myers and shit. Yeah. And then kills her for no reason other than that, that they're there. Yeah. You know, so I mean, again, that was a useless that that was a useless scene. If you're gonna kill people, make them associated with what you know, the people that you're going after. Yeah. You know, like they're leaving the campground because they they're only there to help and stay for a little bit. You know, drink a couple of things, mm-hmm. get high or whatever the fuck. They're hanging out with the the friends. Yeah. The girlfriends, and then they're leaving, and then something happens. Like they get a flat tire. Doesn't matter. The engine not work starting is a bad trope that needs to die. Yeah. No pun intended. So he takes the car and drives off, heading towards the campground. Mm-hmm. Now, back at the beginning of this whole thing, there's a second set of campers, and they're not that far away from the girls who are also camping. And let's just say that it ends badly, okay? So the second set of campers dies, but this is, again... This is what doesn't make any sense to me. So you have the second set of campers, which is boy, girl, boy, girl. Okay. It's a couple and a guy and a girl that are being, it's like a blind date type of thing. Okay. You know, being set up together. Right. So the best way to do that is to go camping with friends. And the girl and the guy that are being set up to go out together, go off on, you know, just go for a hike or whatever they're going. That's horrible setup for them. You don't. Put someone on a blind date uh, during camping because what if they what if they fucking end up hating each other? Then they're still stuck there at the same place. Together. Exactly, but it happens more often than you think. Does it? All oh right. yeah, yeah. So that so I was okay with that. Okay, and I was completely okay You've with been that. Out in because that scene, I haven't, so I, I don't know. Because yeah, exactly. I've seen it happen. It's yeah. happened to me. I got nested, so I, I don't know. I don't know shit. So they <laughs> she, they're like, uh, well, let's go for a walk. It's not that laid out. Blah blah blah. And so they they kind of go out for a walk in the woods. And they stop at a tree, and they're talking. And the girl goes, hey, that's a weird place to have park a car. Yeah. And, of course, it's it's the car that Peter stole, right? And you can literally see Peter walking from the car towards the girl. Now, I'm facing you. You're facing me. Yeah. Okay? So pretend that I can see the car, and you can't. Yeah. Right? So literally, Peter's walking towards the girl, and the dude does not see him. Hmm. The guy that's with the girl does not see Peter in the background. He's just, apparently he's just focused on her tits or something. I don't know. Literally, Peter walks up like he's being all stealthy walking. Yeah. And it's hilarious. And he's right in fucking view (laughs) of the guy and the car. And I'm like, he's right there. 
Maybe he was hypnotized. Like, no, you can't see me. I'm invisible. And then, so the so so they're talking. The girl and the guy start kissing, and then they're like, "Oh, you know, we shouldn't do this. It's not the right time." Blah blah blah. (laughs) You know. (laughs) And then Peter fucking whips a rope around both their necks. All right. Okay. Now Van Damme style. And Friday the Thirteenth Part Six style. Okay. No, Part Five. You know where he he wrapped the fucking leather around the girl or guy and started twisting. Right. Oh yeah. Similar premise, but he's got a rope. And he's got one of those cheap ropes that you can buy that fucking fray all the time and break. Get a rope. And he, I don't know how he did it. I missed this part. I don't know how he was able to wrap the, whip the rope around these two people. But now you have a guy, a skinny guy who fucking soaking wet, maybe weighs 140 yeah. pounds, choking two people to death. By pulling on a rope. Well, it's the supernatural rules. It's um, no, you, with you each, can't. With each kill, it becomes more powerful. You can't do. You can't break the rules. And the rules are that if you have more than one person being killed at a time, yeah. one person has to escape. Uh, start running, yeah. And and in this one, so he breaks their necks with the rope, which is a again, it's terrible. It would have been better if he had like a, a if he had a, a stick, a thick stick, and was started wrapping, you know, twisting the rope. And caught them, and then he kept, yeah, and then as he keeps twisting it, it gets tighter and tighter against them, Yeah, and then they they fucking suffocate to death. But no, that's not what happens. And then it goes on, and he kills another person with a hammer. You know, he, I mean, like, literally beats the fucking guy to death with a hammer, right? That's fucking... Which, and that was actually a pretty good kill. You know, there are some really fucking good kills in this movie. Uh. (laughs) And then, and, um, and then he kills the guy's girlfriend... I forgot how he killed her. I was kind of pissed off at that point because I was just like, I was like, I was, I was like in a mind rant. Apparently, you didn't see it coming. Yeah, I was in a fucking mind rant. Well, she was running and and he like, um, teleported. N- yeah, he teleported. <laughs> she she was running from him. It was like the next day. He went back to the car and yeah, and um and and she finds her dead boyfriend and then um. Stumbles into him, yeah, you know, and then he kills. He punch. Oh, that was when he says hi and punches her out, right? <laughs> and then, uh, so he meets up with the girls in the camp, and uh, the hammer thing comes up again. But this time, the 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 bigger girl, Michelle, yeah, she fucking hits him four, five, six times with a hammer. Yeah, same same style of beating that dude in the previous day. Yeah, she fucking beat the shit out of him with a hammer, and there's like no marks on his face. And then she walks away, and of course she drops a hammer. Oh. Right, trope number hundred. Yeah, and then he gets up, turns around, she turns around, he knocks her out. Right, and he's about to kill God her. Damn it, Michelle. Yeah, he's a and and, and th- okay, so this dude is all should have been suffering from a broken jaw, a fucking broken eye socket. Massive brain damage, bleeding all over the place. Yeah, but there was not a mark on him from getting beat to death with a fucking hammer, right? Yeah. So out of nowhere, as he's he's about to stab stab this Michelle chick, right? So the guy still looks remarkable. Yeah, you know he's bloody and kind of fucking greasy looking, but you know looks like a fifties greaser, but with blood on him. He gets hit in the hand with with, and he drops the knife, right? (laughs) Okay. And and it turns out that uh, um, the guy that that the, his friend that he didn't kill is, turns on him and tries to save the girls. Right, uh-huh. figuring out the last minute's bad. And again, this is another bad edit. And <clears throat> and Pete and his friend get into a fight. Pete knocks him down, and then Pete's a good three feet away, and the friend is lying on the ground. And watches Pete take like four steps before he does anything, and then he he's like ah type of thing, you know, cowering and and covering his face. No, <laughs> and Pete stands over. I'm like, and, and the only words that I I fucking blurted out at that moment was kick him in the fucking balls, and he didn't. And he and then Pete stabs him in the head, which is actually a pretty good fucking shot. Um, it was a, it was a good effect. Um, but again, the whole setup was weak. It should have been Pete knocks him down, picks up the knife and stabs him real quick, you know, without moving. It was a, it was just like, it was a bad edit. Um, and then they get into, and then, and then it's a four on, it's a four on one fight with the girls, girls against him and they end up killing him. Right. 
Oh. And like death proof style. Yeah, they fucking they fucking stab the shit out of him and he dies. Boom, done, right? And the four girls survive, right? And of course at the end you have the 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 girl that kills him is his girlfriend, the Emily girl. Oh, of course, yeah. And then she's hugging Michelle. Like, I think we need to break <laughs> up, stab. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> and 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 it ends kind of like in in the Friday the 13th style where where uh, Tommy Jarvis is looking at the camera all yeah. crazy-like, you know, yeah. crazy eyes. And she's just looking at the camera all crazy eyes like. So all in all, you know what? Look, I'm not going to complain about this movie too. I know I've complained a lot about the movie. But my major complaints are the bad story writing. The acting. um, And the the stilted acting. And some of the editing. And some of the editing. Yeah. Um, The good out of this is that they have something. Um, Again, watching now. (laughs) Watching after watching uh, um, uh, Relic. Yeah, and watching um, Russ uh, Ross Monroe's thing, and we make movies. It seems to be straight across the board that the acting is the acting. Yeah, you know that's what you get when you have amateur actors. Yeah, they're still learning their craft, and I accept that. What I don't accept is how many times that you've watched the movie, and and you have edits that it it could be tightened up. This movie could be tightened up a lot. <laughs> Especially with some of the kills, <clears throat> um, the rope kill was useless. It was dumb. Yeah. Um. It, it, it was no, not dumb. It was a bad. It was a bad decision to use that. They should have used something else. They could have used a chain. They could have used anything. Something that was very very brutal. Mm-hmm. But they went with some. They went with just like tie down rope. It was you know that nylon cord stuff. Mm-hmm. And and you have a guy. That's bigger than the killer in in and of itself, <laughs> and and he can't break free of this dude holding two people against a tree. Yeah, you know, and it just that stuff doesn't make any sense, especially when you're trying to break into the horror genre. You know, you have to tighten this stuff up. You have to you have to get rid of the random kills, which is the motorists and the campers. If you're gonna have those guys involved. You either have them pick up the hitchhiker, which like like in Friday the Thirteenth, remember the girl with the banana? Oh hey, you know, or the girl hitchhiking. Uh, um, you know, oh hey, I'm going up to the camp, and and we we find out later on that it's it's you know Jason's mom, yeah. who ends up killing the hitchhiker, or the girl with the banana, <laughs> you know that you know. Damage an unmarked unit with a banana, <laughs> and and she's sitting there and she's like, hey, I need a ride. And like we don't we don't. You're you're fat, fatty, lose some fucking weight, you know. And then she's sitting there and she's like giving him the finger, and then yeah. she starts eating the banana, and fucking Jason comes in and stabs her. Right? Wait a minute, she's eating a banana. That's healthy. So what? So assholes. That's what she said to him. Yeah, they're fucking dicks. And, and, and gave him the finger. So, so and she's hiking. So she's you know yeah. she's she's exercising. But again, Jason comes up and stabs her. You know, a random killing because. She's there going to the camp, yeah. you know, or she's at least, you know, going towards the camp. So you can have random killings, but they have to be somehow associated. Like in Friday the 13th Part 2, when Jason, Jason escapes and he's, he's, um, he's, at, he's at this uh, grocery store. It's not really a grocery store, but it's like, a, you know, one of those... Um, Stop and Rob's? No, it's a it, it's a market where you go like way back, but when in the sixties and seventies and eighties before they had the megalomarts and the fucking you know the two for one gas station slash supermarket type of thing. Yeah, you had these like roadside markets, mm-hmm. and they would have all of your stuff you know for camping, which was you know um, remember like in in um, you know uh, um, oh my god. Dale and um, Tucker and Dale. Thank you, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, mm-hmm. the store that they stop in, right? It's funny you brought that up. Okay, so it's those types of stores. Mm-hmm. They're just like these little mom and pop stores. Like the tackle place. Yeah, tackle shack. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, from Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Same thing with Friday the Thirteenth. These little markets that have like little things of milk and and some breakfast items and not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> generally, but enough to, you know, because it's for three-day camping and stuff like that, not for, like, two weeks or living there permanently for the most part. Yeah. 
And so Jason kills these two people because he, he's, he, he's wandering through, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a specific reason, and I forget right now. Uh, I'm not in the mood for uh, fucking Friday the 13th Part 2. <laughs> but he, he ended up there because it's close to Camp Blood, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of an association by, by living close to it, guilty by association. And, and that's kind of what these motorists are. But again, it's just a random, dumb killing. Like, he walked all the way to the campground, and then right as he gets to the campground, he kills two motorists and then drives the 150 feet to get to the rest of the campground or a mile or whatever it is. Yeah. When he, he should have, when it should have been earlier on in the film, when he realizes that they're, they're going camping, wherever they are camping in the wilderness, and, and he needs to get there. So he's hitchhiking and he ends up killing the two motorists throwing him in the trunk or wherever the fuck he puts him. It doesn't matter at this point because what's done is done. And, <coughs> and that's, that's the association right there, mm-hmm. not walking miles on end and then killing them, you know. And then the campers, the random campers. Yeah. You can do that, but again, it's, it's better to associate them with, with the girls. It would have been better to associate them with, you know, their... They're distant friends, you know, or they're good friends with this person, <clears throat> and they're just meeting up, things like that. Um, again, the story needs to be tightened up. It could have been a lot better. Overall, as much as I said, you know, hey, this is this and this and that and problem, 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 overall, it, it, it was entertaining. Okay. Um, as an independent film, um, this ranks... Uh, <sighs> This is more pro- professionally done than We Make Movies and Ross Monroe's. Huh. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I, I know what you mean. Um, it's, it's, it's a movie that, had, that has big budget... Um, production value? Production or? values and small budget production. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or small, bu- small, small, pro- small budget money. Yeah. That's what it is. And these guys, these guys know their thing when it comes to, th- this is what I realized. These guys really know it when it comes to doing a horror movie that they want to emulate in mixing genres. Halloween and Friday the 13th, right? Campground, serial killer type thing. Yeah. And, and the guy Peter, the guy that played Peter, and I'll bring his name up right here now. His name is um, Dennis Scullard. Or Scullard. Or Scullard. Um, he's been in the Daydream run and, and Dead Men. Um, a lot of these I've never heard of, but the, a lot of them are shorts. Uh, a lot of them are also... Uh, um, oh, look, he was in Cult of Chucky. Huh, cool. Um, a lot of these are uh, Canadian productions. So when... When it comes right down to it, all of these guys, all these people that were in in the movie, and I'll just I'm going to name them off, anyways. <clears throat> um, Stephanie Austin, who played Alice, um, I think she oh she was the girl that was in the car. Genevieve DeGrays, who plays Kim, and she was one of the best friends, one of Emily's best friends. Then you have uh, uh, I can't even pronounce that name. Jalen Jalen Deloge, who plays Francine. You have Trevor. Chris Jansen, who plays Jake, who's one of Peter's friends. Um, you have Jesse Lang, who plays Frankie, who's one of the random campers that gets assassinated. Corey Malone, who plays Anthony, who's another one of the guys that gets assassinated. Uh, Laurel MacArthur, who plays Emily, who's kind of the lead. And Dennis Scullard, or Scullard, who plays Peter. Peter. Um, <laughs> Peter. Um, who's Emily's boyfriend. You have Graham Silver, who plays Henry. You have, uh, and I have all these written down. You have uh, Veronica Skolaska, who plays Jolene, who she looks very much like Kristen Bell. Uh, Matthew Stephenson, who plays Roy. Veronica, uh, is it Turn? Yeah, Turnip, Turnipolsky, who plays Michelle. And Alyssa Wispiansky, who plays Sally. And that's the girl that's in this picture right here. Where is it? That's, that's her, mm-hmm. the last person. <laughs> Um, she's also a random camper. Cute. Very, very good looking girl. 
Um, so, you know, um, you have Michelle, Francine, uh, Jolene, and Emily, who are all the friends. Then you have Frankie, Kim, Henry, and Sally, who are the random, uh, the, the random campers that get fucking, you know, taken out. Yeah. But again, uh, some of the foreshadowing of events between Peter and Michelle before the whole thing starts to go bad. There's foreshadowing between Emily and Michelle as Emily talks about how Michelle saved her life. There's, um, and then again, this is even in part of my review, which is dude is standing there literally looking in the direction of where the bad guy is and doesn't see him. Then dude and the girl get choked by the bad guy with a piece of rope and they couldn't break free. That's bad. Peter goes on a, oh, and Peter goes on a killing rampage because his girlfriend went camping. That's what sets it all off. And what, and it should have been more than that. There should have been more background than just, oh, and, and then, and then hold on a second. Then the whole reason why he's the way he is is because his dad beat him up because he spilled, because he spilled his dad's beer. Okay. Because so, his dad was an asshole. So Peter is not a happy camper. Yeah. There's nothing terrifying about this movie. That's the problem. But as an homage to 80s movies, and maybe because I'm a little bit desensitized yeah. about some of this stuff, I'll I'll take I'll take 50% of that. I'll take 50% of that away. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's why it's not a bad movie, but like I said, it needs to be tightened up. And that's and and for their next film, I really hope that they do that. I, and this was made in 2015, so I'm pretty sure that they've they've done a couple of other movies. But I um, I'm going to give this a six. I give this a six based on production values. Based on the fact that all of the actors are really good in their roles, mm-hmm. and and it didn't feel like, for the most part, it didn't feel like it was a forced thing, other than the Peter Emily bullshit, um, which again could have been fixed and could have been tightened up. Okay, but you know, um, I don't know how early this movie was in uh, Zelico's uh, career. I'm assuming it was one of their first movies, Zelico Productions. <laughs> I'm going to find out right now, though. <laughs> uh, maybe it's under this. No. Please bear with me. Come on, bros. So, yeah, David Zellis was a producer and actor known for cannibalism, a new taste and style, Dark Forest, Parasite, and a bunch of others. So, all right, mini bio. Way to go, IMDb. Thanks a lot. Um, Fracking Zombies, Dark Forest, Bunky Blum and the Talking Train, Parasite, Huck and the Whore, uh, Blow Me, Lead Pipe Vigilante. So, he's all of these are shorts. Um, he's directed some. Yeah, he's directed Parasite, Cannibalism, and Demons of Bars and and Tone. And he's been around for a while. So you know, he's been doing this for. 15, 16, 17 years now. And um, and he was the producer of Dark Forest, but he was also the writer of Dark Forest. And I'm I'm glad that he's he's doing he's still doing um Of course it's also a lawyer's name. <laughs> yeah, of course. It can happen to you. Um I'm I'm glad that he's still doing uh mostly independent films and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's a lot of the stuff is um he's 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 I guess he's Canadian. So a lot of the stuff happens up north. And um um I don't know how big their movie industry is. I'm not going to I'm not going to assume anything at this point, but um I know their per- television production stuff is pretty big, but their movie industry is not obviously as big as is what we have, yeah, or you know what's over in England and stuff like that. But it may be just part of the whole English Hollywood, whatever you want to call it, English motion picture production stuff. But it's nice to see that he's still doing this independent thing. But I would like to see him do more. You know, I yeah. want to see him get through and and fucking break through and and start making some really big production stuff. That would be really cool. David Zealous, hmm. that would be my guess. Yep, he's from Winnipeg. So, um, he's, uh, there it is right there. <sighs> awesome. <laughs> Zel- oh, Zelco Productions. Was I saying Zelico? Yeah. That's my fault. All right, everybody, go back and listen to the podcast, but every time I say Zelico, say, pretend I said Zelco. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, David. Um, 
they do film and TV production. Um, it's based in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and it's a re- it releases projects for all platforms and services from production, post-production, marketing, and distribution, which includes uh, Dark Forest, um, Al Sparks, The Fighting Saint, uh, Saint. It sounded like I said Saint. Uh, the story of an amazing and humble man who did not receive the recognition he deserved during his time in the boxing ring, the wounded healer, the Roland Vandal story, <laughs> uh, Duo Tang. Um, <laughs> Sounds like Duo Tang. Ken Mode. And it looks like, um, right, it just looks like they have a couple of things working right now, plus some music videos. And their major production was was the one I just shit all over, which was Dark Forest. Ah, good job, Mike. So I can recommend this movie um, as Joe is looking at the picture. So the girl, the redhead, his name is Emily. This is Michelle. When I say big girl, she's literally just like a muscular, tall girl. Yeah. Uh, there's the, there's the um, Kristen Bell lookalike, Jolene, Veronica, and then there's the other one right there, which her name escapes me for some reason. <laughs> good job, Mike. Francine, so as it is, uh, oh, they also have a, a fucking, I think it's, I want to say it's a Buick, but I think it's a Pontiac, um, but it looks like a, it looks like a, uh, four door or two door Buick Skylark, okay. uh, muscle car. GTO. Yeah. Maybe it's a Skyhawk. Oh, that's definitely not it. <laughs> I like some retro looks, man, but there's some that just, I'm glad that they're not here anymore. <laughs> I think it's a Pontiac. It kind of looks like that. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, it's not a GTO. Eh, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to continue uh, making a fool out of myself about the lack of knowledge of cars. And um, and the name of the production company. Yeah, and Zelico <laughs> instead of Zelco. Come, come right the fuck on there with that one. <laughs> so, yes, Zelco Productions. Zelco. There it is right there. See, I want it. Just it has it screams Buick for some reason. I don't know what what it is. Yeah, I, could, I mean they're both GM, you know. So that's that is pretty. See me, I I I I totally respect and admire the whole restoration thing, but that's not my style. Like if I had the money, I'd just buy that shit after someone's already fully restored it. <laughs> I don't care about put, putting in any effort to fix that fucking car. Make those things uh, mint again. See, it looks like a fucking Buick Wildcat. That's a that's a nice car. That, that reminds me almost like a looks like a thicker fronted um, T Bird. See, looks like a fucking Buick Wildcat. That's the very first thing that I I thought of when I saw that car. I'm like, that's a Buick. See, see the front end of the grill is exactly the same. Yeah, like that's a fucking Buick, man. And then I'm like, ah, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, that's a Buick GS. Dude, that'd be cool if you could become a company that just makes. Body frames of classic cars. So, um, and then you could just set them like you know, Hot Wheels, like interchangeable Hot Wheel frames. You could just fucking just swap it. On you, you can't do that with cars. It's a great idea, but you can't do that with cars because you have to have the, you, safety each, supports and all that. Shit. No, it's not just safety supports. You have to have you have the you have to have the frames to the bodies match up perfectly, yeah. and swapping them in and out because the body styles are so drastically different. That uh, the frames don't uh, match up. Well, it'd be cool if, like, if if <laughs> this is way out there, but if you designed the actual like frame, the, the undercarriage frame of the car, all a certain way, so that it, it's made so that you can just swap the yeah, bodies. It sure as hell looks like a Buick Wildcat. I'm I'm gonna go with Buick Wildcat, and um, I, I like I like that one. It has a distinctive look to it, and um, looks beefy. When when you guys listen to it, uh, if you listen to all the way to the end, um, let me know what type of car that was because I, um, I'm pretty fucking sure it's a Buick Wildcat. Pretty sure the dude fucking took his earbuds out when you kept saying Zelico. Yeah, he probably threw his fucking <laughs> iPod across the room. My writing sucks. Your fucking research sucks, yeah, buddy. Good job, dick. <laughs> so I I apologize <laughs> when when I put this up as a podcast. I'm actually going to write. I said Zelico and I meant. Z- and I and I fucked up, yeah. and I'm sorry. It's not Zelico, it's Zelco, mm. and uh, and so whatever. It's all on me. 
Um, we'll then, just uh, keep plugging you. Just Zelco Productions. Yeah, Zelco. Every, every week we'll just say, make sure to uh, <laughs> yeah. check Zelco Productions' website. It ain't Zelico. Yeah. It ain't Zelico. It ain't <laughs> shit. It's Zelco. So that's it. We've been on this long enough. Fuck yeah, we have. All, All right. right. So uh, how you doing? I'm good. Why do <laughs> you keep talking to me? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Vamping for time. <laughs> so fucking, damn, that's, that's 67 minutes. And you're still talking. Well, you just, all you got to do is click a button. That's, that's all you got. 